Thank you, choir, Mulkey and Carol. It is an appropriate song for the Lenten season. We appreciate that reminder. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, make us aware right now of your presence here among us. Open our hearts to receive your instruction. Open our eyes and our ears as your word is read that we will receive the truth, the gospel message that is written here. May these words come alive for us. May they come off the page and make their way into our hearts where you can instruct us, teach us, shape us and mold us into a more Christ-like people. We ask now that you bless this time that we have in the presence of each other and in the presence of your Spirit. Bless the reading and the hearing of this holy word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated.
As we've been looking through the Gospel of John and seeing how Jesus invites us into deeper relationship with him, we see him talking to different people from Nicodemus, inviting him to experience new life, to be born from above, the woman at the well who he says, whoever drinks from me will never thirst again, the man by the pool. Last week it was the woman who was caught in adultery who was brought before Jesus, and he simply said, I don't condemn you, go sin no more. And as we see that Jesus is, is inviting people into a relationship, what he's doing is he's also changing who they are. And so with all of these invitations, we see that Jesus is focusing a lot on identity. Not past identity, but new identity. Just as he said to Nicodemus, you must be born anew. You must become something else. You must be born of the Spirit, born from above. He offers that to everyone who who he offers the bread. When he says, I am the bread from heaven, he's he's inviting us to become new, to, to understand in a whole new way what it means to eat from the bread of heaven. And just as he told the woman that we read about last week, go and sin no more. He says, I I forgive you of your past. I don't condemn you for it. But from here on out, be something new. Find a new identity in me. And so as Jesus is very invitational in this gospel, we see that he is also focusing a lot on identity. And as he offers each person a new identity, what he's also doing is he's reminding us of his identity, which doesn't change. His identity is constant throughout. And he makes these statements throughout the Gospel of John, these I am statements. Now these, these I am statements are, uh, are important for a number of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, that they all begin with the words I am. This was not lost on the Hebrew people. The God of Isaac and Jacob, the God of Abraham, who appeared to Moses in the burning bush... When Moses said, who shall I tell, tell them sent me, God simply replied, I am. And so the, the Jewish people, they realized the importance of I am. I am was a declaration of divinity. And so when Jesus is saying throughout the Gospel of John, I am the living water. I am the bread from heaven. Later on, he says, I am the vine. He is over and over again. He's reminding, he's using these metaphors, these analogies, but he's also reminding us of his deity, that he is from God. And so here we see him making another I am statement as I am the shepherd. Now, these are important because they reveal to us Jesus's uh, claims that he was from God, but also I am is constant. It doesn't mean I was, I am for right now, or I will be. I am is constant. So as Jesus is telling us that we have new identity, changing identity when we come to him, he's telling us that his identity doesn't change. He is who he is, and he will always be that for us. Relationship requires an understanding of identity. If you're in relationship with anybody, You have to understand who you are in light of that relationship, and you have to understand who the other person is. That's what relationship is. So Jesus, as he's inviting us into these life-changing relationships, he's saying this is who you are, not who you have been, but who you are in my eyes and who you can become. And this is who I am and who I always will be. So he makes these I am statements throughout John. And today we see this one. I am the good shepherd. 
There's an obvious parallel here between this statement from Jesus and then Psalm 23, a psalm that I think most of us are probably familiar with. Uh, You can't go to very many funerals without having heard it at least once. But the 23rd Psalm says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul for his namesake. And, and we hear this at funerals, and we think of it almost as this death psalm. This psalm that we're accustomed to hear when people are dying or when they've passed on. And so that's, that's sort of how our minds have been trained to hear it. And I think it's, it's mostly because of that, uh, that one verse in there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And so we, we hear that and we think about going through death or having lost a loved one and how that brings us comfort. And it does. It is a very appropriate word in that season. But Psalm 23 is full of life. J.D. Walt, some of you may know him, he's, he's sort of the, uh, the man behind the New Room movement and Seedbed. And, uh, and he, he was talking about this psalm one time, and he said, all you have to do is look through Psalm 23, and you will see it's much more about life than it is death. I mean, just think about the words that are in it. He leads me into, he sits me down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. You see, as we live this life, we will always be in the shadow of death. Death looms for all of us. From the minute we're born, we are in the shadow of death. But even in the midst of that journey, Christ is there to give us life. Now, when you think about Jesus and you think about the things that have happened that we've read about so far in Psalms, or in the Gospel of John, you will see how they tie in with Psalm 23. When he fed the thousands, they were in a grassy area. What did he tell them to do? Sit down. He sat them down in green pastures. He goes to the well. And he says, I am the living water. He leads us beside still waters. He restores souls. We see that over and over again as he's encountering these people and he's talking to them. He's offering them a chance to restore their souls. And so when Jesus makes this statement, I am the good shepherd, everybody knows what he's talking about, or at least they should, because this is such a familiar psalm. But yet so often it goes right over our heads. He's making a statement of deity. I am the good shepherd. And he's recalling The Lord is our shepherd. Now, sometimes people might take offense to this. We live in a world today where sheep are considered uh, dumb animals. Um, People talk about if you're you're a sheep, that means you easily buy into whatever's being pushed on you. You can be led around, yanked around. And it's an insult today in our culture, in our society, to say that someone is a sheep. And so when we read Jesus saying, I'm the good shepherd, and the implication is that we're sheep, we might have a tendency to be offended by that. Now, wait a second. I'm not gullible. I don't need to be led around. And we use that term in our, in our culture so much when we insult people. Oh, they're sheep, a bunch of sheep, don't know where they're going. They have to have someone lead them. 
And what that is, is we're part of this culture now that, that is, we think we can rely on ourselves. That we can do everything ourselves. We don't need someone to lead us. We don't need someone to guide us. But I've got news for you. Sheep are not dumb animals. They aren't. In fact, the BBC published a study done in 2009 by Animal Welfare that said sheep are very intelligent with impressive memory and recognition skills. Sheep build friendships with each other. They stick up for each other in fights. And sheep are known to feel sad and show signs of depression when one of their friends are sent to slaughter. Sheep can be joyful. Sheep can be playful. And they are very socially complex. So God is not insulting us or belittling us when he implies that we are sheep, that his followers are sheep. In fact, God tells us through Scripture that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God would not call something that he made, people that he made and that follow him, dumb. He would not imply that. So we need to toss that right out the window. Being called sheep is not an insult. Sheep are very intelligent creatures, and so are we. But sheep do have their limitations, and so do we. Sheep are prone to wonder. They explore. They're curious. We are too. There's a hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, and it ends with one of my favorite lines in the the entire hymnal. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And we sing that and we resonate with that because we know it to be true. No matter how close we feel to God at any given moment, we know our nature. We know that we are prone to wonder, that we are prone to drift, we are prone to chase other things. And so we pray that prayer. Take our hearts and seal them. Without a voice to follow, we would have no direction. Everybody is looking to follow something. I don't, I don't care how much of a leader you think of yourself to be. Everybody is looking to follow something. We are all standing on the shoulders of giants. We are all repeating things that we've heard or learned from. We all have to follow something. And if we just say, abandon everything and just follow our own whims, it'll be chaos. It'll be anarchy. We're prone to wonder. We need a voice to follow. Sheep are also destructive if left alone. They can tear up a hillside like you wouldn't believe. We are also destructed, destructive if left to our own vices. We destroy relationships. We destroy ourselves. We destroy our own self-esteem and confidence. We destroy our self-worth. We destroy our bodies. We destroy those around us by being careless. We destroy the earth. We destroy things if left to our own vices. One of my favorite TV shows is The Office. There's an episode where Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute, they they go to a landfill because they're looking for something. And Dwight looks around and he says, can you believe this? No other creature could do this. And if you've ever been to a landfill, you know the feeling. You look around and you just think, what in the world? Where does all this stuff go? How do we do this? We are destructive. 
We always have been. People are destructive by nature, physically, but also spiritually. We destroy the good things God has given us. If left to our own, we will even destroy our relationship with Him because we don't know how to take care of ourselves. We are like sheep in that regard. Sheep are also defenseless against wolves and against thieves, and so are we. This world is a crazy place, and it's, it's getting crazier. Uh, even people who, who don't believe. I've seen so many things lately on, on social media and, and, and friends and acquaintances I have that aren't even Christians who are just shaking their head at what is going on in the world and saying, what is going on in the world? We don't know. It's a crazy place. And the crazier it gets, the more it seems like the wolves come out. And if you're not careful, you will lose your soul to it. People are competing for you, for your attention, for your heart, for your allegiance. Not because they care about you, but because maybe they have some other thing that they are trying to push. And they know there's strength in number and they want you to rally behind that. People are, are, will stay in power by keeping other people divided. There are wolves, there are thieves, there are people who are purposely trying to take advantage of us. And then there are people who pose as leaders, who pose as the great hope that we can, we can put our trust in, and then they don't have our interest at heart. And Jesus calls them fake shepherds. Hired hands. He says many of them have come before. This isn't anything new. This was happening long before Jesus. It will continue to happen. People will come and go who want to act like they are doing things in your best interest. But they're not. And there are people who will want you to join their side or call on you or want you to follow what they have to say. And you may buy into it. You may feel that it's the right thing. It's a good thing. But in the end, the only voice we can truly trust is the voice of the good shepherd. Because all the others aren't invested in you, like Jesus is. Jesus is personally invested in each one of us. And when he calls, when he invites us, when he wants us to become a part of what he's doing, it's not for ulterior motives. It's because he is invested in us, and he wants us to invest in him. I have a dog named Shadow. Some of you have met Shadow. She was a rescue dog. She got run over uh, in the parking lot at the J&R Quick Stop. The lady that ran her over brought her up here to Scouts one night and uh, said, Can somebody please take this dog? <laughs> Make sure she's all right. I feel bad. I hit her with my car. She's kind of limping. And Shadow was, was small at the time. She was only about four or five months old. And, and I took her in. Shadow developed a bond with me right off the bat and ever since then has trusted me like she doesn't trust anybody else. Shadow knows my voice. Now sometimes Shadow is a bad girl. Sometimes she will escape, she will run off, she will be who knows where. But if I go to the corner of Crawford and Second, all I have to do is this. And she will come from wherever she is. I will see her come tearing down 2nd Avenue, running right towards me. All right, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. She knows my voice. She knows my clap. Now, she doesn't do that just for anybody. 
But she knows me, and she trusts me. And what Jesus is saying as he's, as he's extending these invitations, he's saying this is a voice you can trust. I'm your shepherd. I will sit you down in green pastures. I will take you to still waters. I, I am the bread from heaven. Drink from me. You'll never thirst again. Eat from me. You'll never hunger again. You will experience new blessings, new identity, new purpose. And as you do, you will come to trust my voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. They know it. They trust it. Just a shadow trusts my voice. Another thing about sheep is they are limited. They can't see beyond the horizon the way a shepherd can. The sheep may feel like they're safe, and the shepherd can see something far off in the distance that is coming for them. And so the shepherd will lead them to safety. In the same way, we can't see what's ahead for any of us. We can see the past pretty clearly, fairly clearly. What's the saying? Hindsight is twenty twenty. I don't think it's that good. But it's better than present sight, right? We see the past better than we can understand the present. But we understand the present far better than we know the future. We have no idea what's coming over the horizon. And so we need a shepherd who can see it, who sees the big picture, who can shield us, who can lead us to the pastures where we need to be. Once again, with Shadow, she doesn't understand the dangers that that come with running around Buena Vista. She could be run over. She could be attacked by another animal. She could be captured. No telling. She doesn't know this. She doesn't understand this. But I do. So when I call her, it's for her own good. And it's the same way with Jesus. He sees the danger. He sees the wolves. He sees the fake shepherds. And he loves us and cares us enough to call us and say, hear my voice. Be part of my fold and part of my flock. I'll lead you into green pastures and beside still waters. Now, Jesus offers all these invitations to us. And he does this from right where we are. A lot of times we'll get an invitation in the mail, maybe to a wedding, maybe to a birthday party. Maybe we have relatives that are scattered across the country. We'll get an invitation. We'll say, oh, I wish I could go to that. It's just so far away. Jesus doesn't invite us into these relationships from afar. Jesus is right here with us. As I was training the acolytes this morning, I was telling them the candles here in front of us represent God's presence with us. God is with us always. And so as Jesus is saying, drink of me and you'll never thirst again. Eat eat this bread from heaven, you'll never hunger again. What he is saying is I am always available here for you. I am always right here. This isn't a shepherd who comes and goes. He, He watches over us, then he leaves us for a while. He is always with us. Not just in death. When we think of that 23rd Psalm, to be read at our funeral. No, it is ours for claiming every day that we live. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. It's not an insult for us to be referred to as sheep. Sheep are very intelligent and very gifted in their own ways, and so are we. But we also have our limits. We have to be willing to admit that. As we live this mortal life existing on this side of death, there will always be some danger. There will always be 
shadows, uncertainties, inconsistencies in life. We would be foolish to believe that we don't need a shepherd, that we don't need a guide. But not just any shepherd would do. Jesus is the good shepherd who loves his sheep enough to lay down his life for them. In a world where everyone else is just trying to survive, and by default is looking for a way to just look out for themselves, it's refreshing and promising. It's amazing to know that the Lord is our good shepherd, not just in the season of death, not just in the season of trouble, in the season of darkness and anxiety, but for all seasons throughout our life. Let us pray. Lord, you are the source of all life, the source of all blessings, the source of all things good. We thank you that you, as the source of all of those good things, are always right here with us. You invite us to experience you, to be in relationship with you, to know you, to draw strength from you. And you don't invite us from afar. You invite us from right here where we are. So, Lord, we ask that you give us the humility to recognize our limits, our weaknesses, and our need for a shepherd. We ask that you become our shepherd, that you lead us into green pastures beside still waters, that you restore our souls for your namesake, and that mercy and goodness will follow us all the days of our life. Lord, we pray all these things in the holy name of your Son, the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to call an audible today. I know in the, uh, in the bulletin for our hymn of invitation we have a song there. I want to change that to hymn number 400 in the United Methodist Hymnal. Jesus is the source of all things good, is the fount of every blessing. And so we offer him our hearts and we ask that he takes and he seals them because we are prone to wonder. And so today I want you to make that your prayer. Please stand if you are able. Join us in singing hymn number 400 in the Methodist hymnal. Come thou fount of every blessing.